0: Welcome to the Kehow podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the Word, living the Word, and following the Word. We hope you enjoy these messages.
1: When it's time for the presentation, they'll say, "Mm -mm," unless I touch it, unless I see it, and God being so merciful, being so kind, because again, he doesn't have to do it. He comes and he does what he does. But a lot of times we fail because we believe we're, because of what we're going through is going to help change someone else. This is why I don't get caught up when people talk about how much they think they know me. Because the reality is this, you know someone until that person really challenges the relationship. So now Thomas gets challenged because he doesn't even believe the ones he say, these are my people. He says, nah, I'm not gonna believe until I touch it. So what does verse 27 says in that same chapter, Marcia?
2: Okay, sorry about that.
1: Oh, you're
3: fine. Mom. <laughs>
2: Hold on, let me go back. Okay, verse 27. Yes. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hand and
1: put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Come on. Stop. He didn't just say believe, Thomas. He said, stop doubting. Stop doubting. When are we gonna be real with people to tell them the truth about why they are where they are? Stop downing. Just stop. Because here's the reality, Tom. I, I did this for you, Thomas. This is what you wanted. I'm gonna give you that. But here's the reality. Don't do this no more. These are your people. These are you're walking with them, you're saying you're a partner, but until you. you it it almost becomes a selfish act on our part. So if we're as a a body of believers, if minister Sue comes and says, you know what, God, pastor, I was in Africa and God did this. She might as well have put me in that same room with that woman when she prayed. Why? Because the moment she told me about the story, I knew once I heard the news about the woman walking, I knew she was supposed to walk. I don't have to go to Africa to see that. Remember, stop looking for miracles and position yourself to become one. Because when you understand that there's no secret to what God does, God doesn't have to show me what he's done for someone else. If I've been paying attention to that person, I can see how real that really is. So number two, what does the enemy, the devil, rather, what does the devil want us to do, number two, For you to live in fear. Somebody grab Psalms 34, verse 4. I have it, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Oops, I
3: had it. Hold on. (laughs) There we go electronic Bible. Psalm 34, verse four says, when I needed the Lord, I looked for him. I called out to him and he heard me and he responded. He came and rescued me from everything that made me afraid. Read that. First,
1: start it again, Pastor.
3: When I needed the Lord, Mm -hmm.
1: I looked for him stop this is this is first of all call him by his name at that moment is he you have to ask yourself the question even in the times of prayer if you're calling on the lord is he the lord is he the lord because when you identify and you call him by who he is He's always gonna show up with what you know him to be in your life. I sought the Lord and the Lord. Okay, but but the question is, is he Lord? Is he Lord? Because if he's not Lord, to call on the Lord, then the expectations of his arrival is you're gonna question it because if he shows up, if you don't know him as Lord, Who are you really dealing with? Who are you talking to? Understanding that the God of creation has to become. He has to become. He told Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Do we believe he's Lord? Do we we believe he has reign over our lives? Do we believe he is in control? Number three, what the devil wants you and I to do, he wants for you and I to feel insecure. Somebody grab Romans chapter 8, verse 34 through 37. Romans 8, 34 through 37. And it's and so, it. Go ahead. And so one, I'm
4: sorry. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. And yes. it says, who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who dies to pay our penalty. And more than that, who was raised from the dead and who is at the right hand of God, interceding with the Father for us. Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword just as it is written and forever remains written for your sake we are put to death all day long we are regarded as sheep for the slaughter yet In all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us.
1: I don't think there's much I can say outside of what that word clearly explains. How are we more than conquerors? First, you have to know that all that he shared, all that he's done, All that he continues to show us how he's positioned. That's what makes us more than conquerors. Okay, number four. What the devil wants you and I to do is for you and I to avoid the body. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Somebody grab a hold of that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24.
3: Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how to inspire each other to greater love and to righteous deeds. Hmm. That's the voice translation.
1: Let us say it one more time, Pastor Tifei, please.
3: Let us consider how to inspire each other to greater love and to righteous deeds
1: do you not know i I, and you know the reason why there's an excitement about the word of god because it speaks so clearly and here's the reality love without challenges is barren it produces nothing the fact is and i and and listen to me because god showed me this and it 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 blessed me, yet it, 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 it startled me in a sense. Because he said, Alex, most people love me until I check them. Most people love me until my love gets challenged. So watch out for people who love me and haven't been through nothing yet. because scripture is clear. So I tell people, be careful what you wanna engage yourself in because you wanna make sure that, because spiritual warfare is for us to be mature to get into certain arenas and to certain places because we're going to be challenged. And most, most relationships, when the challenge comes, everything gets questioned. When you don't like what I say, when you don't like how I say it, but if you can't challenge, if you can't get challenged in love, then you can't produce anything. Because love, he says, I chastise those, I discipline those I love, I correct those I love. Have you ever spoke to someone who was dear to you and you just tried to give them the truth? And the truth made them walk away. The truth made them challenge the relationship. The truth said, you don't love me. The truth did that. You didn't do it. It's just because they've never been challenged with it. And once they get challenged, they question your love. And this is why it goes back, because the body, forsake not. The reason why we come together is so that we can be some accountability to one another. That's why we come together. But when you want to leave the confines of accountability to get into your own space, to get into your own head, there's a way that seems right to us. But how many times does it lead into this destruction according to scripture? Every time you get locked in your own head, I promise you, you will go nowhere. I can't give directions to the person who says, I have no idea where I'm at. Think about that. You have to start somewhere. You have to tell them, look around. What do you see? What's going on around you? Find a street corner, find it. Because if you don't give me a point of destination, then you can't, I can't give you direction. And most people hide and say, pray for me, but don't want to tell me where they're at. Think about that. How can I lead you out when you don't tell me where you are? These are the things that the devil does in ways that will shake your way of thinking about this whole thing call a relationship with the living God. So let's not forsake the assembly of ourselves. Number five, what he wants is for you and I to be led astray. Somebody grab Matthew chapter seven, verse 15. This is gonna bless you because this one shook me. Matthew seven, verse 15. I got it.
0: Okay. Oh. Go ahead, Minister. I, I was like, I'm on the old school Bible. The people with the come digital, on. they beat come me. I was like, I got to. I went to my BTU. <laughs> I know where my Matthew is. Come on, come on, sir. Matthew seven verse fifteen it says, "Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves."
1: Let me bless y'all with this. And this is what God showed me clearly. We're so quick to grab that scripture and identify it with someone else. But check this out. What happens when you're the wolf getting dressed? What happens? What happens when you're the one deceiving? You're the one putting on the sheep's clothing and you're the wolf. How do you escape? How do you give someone the keys to escape when they're the ones that lock themselves up? You know how difficult that is? They'll keep hiding the key from you. So be careful with false prophets because we can become one to ourselves. Think about that. What happens? when you're the wolf, putting on the sheep's clothes. Will you get mad when I call you the wolf and say, take that off? You ain't fooling nobody but yourself. Number six, for you and I to fail. That's what the devil wants. He wants us to fail. Somebody get 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10.
3: Verse 8. Now let's see if you have it straight. Mm. You suppose that you already have all you need. You were already rich and prosperous. Mm. And without us, you've already begun to reign like kings. To be honest, I wish you did reign so that we could reign with you. Because it seems to me that God has put his emissaries at the end of the line, mm. like convicts in their final walk to certain death. We have become a spectacle to the rest of the world to all people and heaven's messengers." In verse 10, yes? Yes, please. We are nothing but fools for the cause of the anointed one, while you are wise in him. Am I right? We are feeble and tired, while you are mighty and full of life. You are well-respected by others, while we are treated as contemptuous creatures by pretty much everyone everywhere.
1: Think of how God speaks to us. And this is why this fight is so difficult for so many because they're afraid. Let me tell you what what, what, what most are afraid of. Most are afraid to fight the fight they don't believe they can win. When you understand that the fight is fixed, you kind of go in the ring skipping and jumping because you know the outcome. Most don't know the outcome. And this is why we run from it. We hide from it. We say it's not going on because there's this fear in us because pride has a way of trying to tell us that we got it together. And I love the way even how Pastor Tifay read it, it's 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 almost as if God just says, "So, you, so you got a hold of this thing here. Go, go ahead, go ahead, grab a hold of it. In this life, you shall. You're gonna go through some things. There's gonna be some tribulation. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some tough times. And I ask this question. I think I ask it every year." And this is what I tell people. Think about you. Think about your life. Think about you as a person, a child of a living God that wants to draw people into the kingdom. And think about how you operate. Would you want you to lead you in? I tell this to people all the time. Because when you really understand Scripture, Hebrews 4 and 12, and we, we talked about this a lot, I, we talked about you, know, just um, honoring and respecting those who lead. And I told y'all, everybody on this screen, I consider a leader. Think about how you follow. Think about how you take instruction. Think about how you take being reprimanded. Think about how you take chastisement and ask yourself the question, Would you be a good candidate for a leader to lead? If you were that leader, would you want you in ministry? Would you want you as a friend? Would you want you as a significant other? Would you? Man, think of yourself as being a wife. Would you want you as a husband? Wives, thinking of yourself as a husband. Would you want you as a wife? Those who are single, would you want you to be someone that, that dates you? You know you. The word of God is sharp. That's also, that's also in, in, in Hebrews. The word of God is sharp. It cuts. Dissects breaks apart. It knows what it's doing. And the reason for it is so that we can be mature in this walk. Think about the people that you've gave all you can give to. At least that's what you felt. Whether it was a brother, or sister, I and mean, and we can all attest to this with family members. I have a big family and I've, you know, for, for many years, especially when I first got saved, I, I poured myself out to my family to the point where when a leader came to me and he was, I was getting counseling and he, I remember him telling me, and he looked at me in my eyes. He says, so why do you hate your brother? And When I tell you, I wanted to square punch this pastor dead in his mouth. Because I thought he, he was saying something to me that couldn't exist. Because I love my family. And then he gave me my specific brother, my, bro, my brother Rick. For those of you who read my book, my brother Rick was everything. We were in the foster system together. He was everything to me. He says, why do you hate him so much? And I looked at him and I said, how dare you? What are you? He says, I know you're getting offended. Think about this. And he gave me the rundown of what I was doing. He says, does that sound like love to you? And when I tell you, I remember falling to the ground and going into the fetal position. And I remember at the time, because it was was, um, premarital counseling as well. And Kai was right there. And I remember her going to try to help me and and, and he held her back and says, don't you touch that grown man. Let him get all that out. And I stood on that floor. And I cried and I purged and I did that until I got up. And the first thing I did when I got myself together, took about three, four days, is I called my brother Rick and I said, I'm sorry. He had no idea what I was talking about. I said, man, I'm sorry. And from that moment, all I did was address him as big brother something I never did when I got saved because I seen myself greater than him. I saw myself above him. I saw myself as the help he needed. He didn't need me, he needed God. And all I had to do was keep living this life and shut my mouth so that he can see something and then he can choose whether he wants it or not. And from that moment on, everything shifted but I had to get real with myself and tell myself I was off, I was completely off. So don't despise the moments of correction. And let me say this, there are times where you have to let go and believe God. It was years later and you guys heard the story. The transformation for my brother Rick didn't happen until he came to Tennessee. And we're talking years later, 12 years later. All I did was love on my brother. Big bro. Had, but it was the moment he came to Tennessee. And when I tell you, I remember having this time. He was with me for about four days. And God did something so... I can't. I, I, if I had time, I, I I'd share it all. But what God did blew my mind because I've done nothing to help assist what God did. Yet, I positioned myself to watch God do it. You, you get what I'm saying now? Because when you are a child of a living king, he will do it. His promises still are yes and amen. His word really doesn't return void. It really does accomplish everything it says it's going to do. It really does do that. And I watched, I watched a transformation take place right in front of my eyes. And he went back to Jersey like the woman at the well and said, We don't know our little brother. Y'all gotta come see. You gotta come see. What's going on in Tennessee? When I tell you, I could not map out the day any greater if I wanted to. I got every important phone call I could ever get. I spoke to the most powerful people I ever knew on the day that Rick. Was. It was so bananas that it blew my mind because I'm sitting there like this can't be happening. And I remember my brother looking at me and he says, "You know, I'm still slender. He says, "Son, who are you, man?" And that door opened up, and I said, Rick, this is 25 years of saying yes to a God who never told me no. I said, This is 25. And he looked at me. He says, Man, this is amazing. He says, Slim, I'm going back to Jersey, and I'm going to get my life together. My brother, Rick, at the time, was 55, he went back to school to get his high school diploma. My brother Rick didn't have a license for 30 years. My brother Rick didn't, when I tell you, was living in, my brother Rick was a dope fiend for 30 years. When I tell you what God did in an instant, what God did rapidly and quickly, there's no secret. So I'm going to love you, but I'm going to love you with the truth. And if you don't like it, if you despise me, I remember someone walking away from Kehow. And they just looked at me and they said, Pastor, it's time for me to move on. I believe the Lord is, is telling me to move. And I got up and I shook their hand. I said, I just want to thank you for the years of service. Thank you so much for sharing. I love you just continue on in the faith. I know you're gonna be a blessing wherever you go. You know that person literally wanted to cuss me out after I had that conversation with them. They looked at me and see, they was like, how dare you? I said, what did I do? You're not gonna fight for me? What? You don't, good, no, no. You don't belong to me. If the Lord is telling you to go, you got to go. This is no level of competition. I love you, but I'm gonna love you into the truth. And the truth is you told me the Lord, now the Lord didn't say it, that's between you and him. But you can't come into my office and then say what the Lord is telling you and then you get mad because I'm agreeing and I'm, I'm happy for you. But are you not happy with yourself? Why would you come in my presence with that? Think about that family, how often do we adjust the dial because of people's emotions? No, no, uh-uh. that's what you're feeling, that's what you're going through. You have that God-given right, but what you're not gonna do is you're not gonna take this to try to benefit your emotions and your feelings. Mm-mm. we don't do that. So I wanted us to make sure that during this time of spiritual warfare, we understand that there's a responsibility we have. There's a responsibility that falls on us. If you're thinking waking up and praying that peaches and cream and roses are going to be all around your day, mm -mm -mm -mm. this is a real walk. A real walk. And when I tell you the benefits of just being called a child of a living king, if that's not enough, maybe, maybe this just may not be it. Because as much as I don't want to hear about someone I love eating with swine, if eating with swine is when you come to your senses, I'm going to leave you alone until you enjoy that buffet. Because we have to be careful how we step in when God is already there doing something that's contrary to what our eyes see, contrary to what our eyes hear, contrary to what we want to see happen. He's God. Let them finish. And let's stand upright and say, God, I remember your promise. You didn't say you'll save me, you'll save my entire house. What I can't do is tell you how to do it. So you go ahead, God. You go ahead. You say you'll save my whole house, but you never told me how because if you would have, you knew I was going to jack it up. Spiritual warfare. Question, comments, concerns?
4: I just want to say I almost didn't join tonight. I was like tired and I almost didn't join. I'm like, oh God, (laughs) thank you for letting
1: me join tonight. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Bless you, Alicia, bless you. Thank you so much. Yes, Daphne, I see you. Is it Daphne? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: yeah, because it is. It's just like, oh, my God, that was, like, so awesome. It, I'm just, I feel so encouraged, you know, and that's, this is why we're supposed to gather. So we we could be encouraged and we could keep doing what we've been doing you know and the testimonies everything just so on point i love the lord and i'm just so grateful for what he's doing i'm grateful for being in this time no it's not easy no i've never been here before but i am grateful that he's allowed me to to experience it with the body so man this is good so amen
1: bless you bless you bless you thank you so much Anyone else, anyone else, any questions, comments, concerns? Mm-mm-mm.
0: You know, it's it's amazing, Pastor, how everything that you just taught about was summarized in that story. Mm-hmm. That if you had ever thought because of your past that you were a failure, that it would maybe have you avoid the body and be insecure and to live in fear of who you could be um, and to doubt the man that he had created. Um, like w- what I love about would have that, that, that um, testimony is we all have that. Like we listen to other people say them and you don't realize until you say your own that you have the same exact impact on people and you you just have to live it, right? You just have to, like, I think we forget that our, our testimonies, our miracles, our own personal miracles are just as captivating, just as moving and just as um, um, inspiring. And uh, what I love most about that is that uh, when you ignore, these small voices the the devil's voice you get an opportunity to really shine before men so that they can glorify him because i've heard it and i've seen it and i was still blown away by hearing that and i'm just reminded and encouraged to minister daphne's point that there are people watching and do not grow weary, because there is there is somebody one day that is going to be like, who are you? Like that when you said that, I was like, whoa! I can't even imagine. I literally, viscerally, was like, I felt it. I felt, mm-hmm. you know, Big Brother Rick saying, "Who are you?" Because I'm like, that's exactly what people should be saying to us. It should be like so foreign who this person is before them this new creature that that is the question that they are compelled to ask so thank you pastor once again dropping the mics uh, and I, just, just-
4: I just wanted to say i what i like right now i wrote down after you talked, said your testimony i wrote down remember his promises hmm. and when i look at this list there are six things that the devil he's trying to he's trying to get us with all these things. But in order for us to combat all these things, all God, is, all we got to do is just remember who he is mm. and who mm. we are. Yeah. And when we do that, then those six things, the devil can come with 200 things. God's one great thing of remembering his promises overpowers the number of things that the devil comes against us. Mm. And so good. Good. just Future. thank you.
1: Let me, thank you so much for that, Minister Gillian. Let me tell you the one thing the enemy doesn't ask is that question. Who are you? He doesn't ask that because he pays too much attention. So he watches us and he knows because guess what? He knows who he can mess with and he knows who he we got to leave alone. So that's the one question he's not asking. Why? Because the way we're supposed to be and really watching one another. When he says, watch them, watch them. And then then the Bible gets specific. It says, watch your leaders, like watch them. And it's amazing that people watch with closed eyes and they really think they know until the love gets challenged. And then all of a sudden it's like, but I'm the same person who now you're saying don't love you. Or oh, now you're saying don't agree with you. No, here's the thing. The only thing I'm supposed to be in agreement with is the word, not you. You're not supposed to be in agreement with me. You're supposed to be in agreement if I'm lining up with the word. As a matter of fact, you're supposed to make sure that if I'm not lining up in the world, you better find yourself a pastor you can listen to. And I, I've shared that with people who got offended. And I remember saying, I them, mean, hey man, maybe my voice you just got too used to. My prayer is that you can find a pastor that you're willing to listen to. Because in this walk, you have to listen. The Bible says, for those who have an ear to hear, let them hear. You know how many people are coming and they don't, they don't want nothing to do with nothing. Just, I'm going to leave your life alone as long as you leave my life alone. I don't want that around me. Not, it can't, not in this fellowship. Don't tell me to stay out of your business when you are all up in mine. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. Not if you want relationship. And that's the difference. And this is why I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to each and every one of you. Please know that. Please know that. Because I know you guys are giants in the kingdom. I don't take that lightly. But let me tell you what I won't see. I'm not going to watch a giant cram his way into this tight little hole. I'm going to tell you, you too big for that. You ever see the king, you'd be like, you know what, you need to stop. You too big for that. We got to start walking up to some Christians and say, you know what, you too big for that. It start shutting some of this nonsense down. Because with, and then we got the nerve not even not to tell them, but then going to go ahead and pray for them. What? You too big for that. So you know what I've been telling people? I've been keeping tabs on people's testimonies and what they say. And I'm grateful to God that a lot of this gets recorded because you have a right to go back to that recording and listen. So you know what I do? Text messages, I just send it back. I say, hey, this is what you said. Hey, this is what you said. Because sometimes you need to be a reminder to yourself that you call those things into existence. You said you wanted to know more about this thing. You said you wanted to tap into this. You told God, I really want to do this. So now God saying, okay, so this is what you want. This is what you have to get into. Think about it. That's why I tell people, don't don't be so quick. Don't be so quick about what you want to see in in ministry and and want to go and I want to cast out devils. and Don't be so quick. This is a real place, y'all, so thank you. For that minister, thank you so much. I'll take one more because I know it's 901 and then we'll pray out. Continue to pray for my wife, Pastor Kai. She is getting some well deserved rest. Um, let me say this to y'all we are in some exciting times. I'm excited about showing up to your party. Let me say that again I'm excited about showing up. To your party. I know right now you can't see not one balloon. I know right now you can't see not one. Ba- I know right now it doesn't make no sense. There's no way there's gonna be a party for me. I'm going to show up to your party. Keep the faith. Hold on. Stop doubting and believe. Amen. All right. We're gonna pray. Mm-hmm. I'm Anne. And I'm grateful. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor
2: Shea. Oh, real quick. Just wanted to say um, whew, I was working out in the gym earlier today and for whatever reason, the, the workout was, it was difficult, but it wasn't hard at the same time. Uh, but I started calling everything out by name for whatever reason. I just started calling every, the, every with every up, every weight lift, every struggle that I was aware of out by name. Wow. And at the end of that, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I have been mistaking suppression for submission and surrender.
1: Say it again. (laughs) I've just been at the
2: the end of me calling everything out by name. The Holy Spirit revealed that I have been mistaking suppression for submission and surrender. So I'm very excited to see what the next few days come about. I'll say that because I was like, oh, I had to repent right there in the gym.
1: Let me, thank you for that, Pastor Shea. So now I have to share with you. If you want to know if you're calling it right, it has to respond back. Stop calling it and it doesn't even respond back. And you keep calling it and keep calling it. And because it doesn't respond back, it's not challenging you. If it doesn't respond back, it's not telling you anything about yourself. So you can convince yourself because you're not going through anything that you're calling it by its right name. But let me tell you something, when you call it by its name, it's gonna respond. Think about that. That's why most people don't want to tell you what it is because if they call it out and you start praying for it, they are gonna have to deal with it. Hmm. You can't ignore the bully forever. Pastor, Yes, I, feel, yes,
3: I, feel, I feel the Holy Spirit asking me to ask you to, to give a practical example of what that would look like.
1: Okay. I have problems with speaking out of turn. I speak out of turn all the time. I speak out of turn and people don't like because I speak out of turn When in actuality, I'm a liar. I'm actually a liar. But I'm going to call it speaking out of turn. Because I'm going to leave it to you to figure, I know what it is, but I ain't going to call myself no liar. Because now my relationship with you gets challenged. So if I can call it something and I can wrap some bacon around it, it's going to taste better. Don't matter what it is. If I wrap some bacon around it, it's going to taste better. Until you start seeing me as a liar. And then when you see me as a liar and you call out its truth, I'm going to try to destroy you because now the wolf was me all the time. And that's what makes this thing so difficult, pastor, because when you have to pastor people, they're good until you gotta go out there and clean up their boo-boo. They good until they defecate all over the place when you told them don't eat that. They good until you challenged them when they said they were over here when they were actually over there. So I'm hoping that makes sense, Pastor. Oh, that's good. Thank you, sir. Well, on that note, I wanna just thank you guys But I promise you, I promise you, it will not come nigh thee. Thousands shall fall at thy left side. Ten thousand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Don't you fear anything. Cut the news off if it's affecting you that much. Cut the radio off if it's affecting you that much. We've got enough to deal with. We're going to get the phone calls. Sister Lynette, I'm praying for you because we're going to get those phone calls. Sister Trav, I'm praying we're going to get those phone calls. And these are, we got to have enough strength for those calls. We got to have enough strength for those moments. You want to sit here and play with stuff. When the real stuff starts showing up, it's going to swallow you up. So, Father God, we thank you for tonight, God. I thank you, God. I pray, God. In the name of Jesus, because you're so compassionate, because you're so kind, because you're so loving. Forgive me, Father, if there was anything I've said or anything I've done, dear God, that would not show your power, show your love, show your strength. I pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus, that you would give me the tools of heaven, God, to help with these amazing people. These are your children. These are the sheep of your pasture, God. I'm asking you now in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would just continue to just guide and direct us, God. I pray, dear God, for those of us who have been receiving the calls. When our heart goes heavy, God, we need you to lift us up. We still need to minister, God, when we don't feel like taking nothing in because the pain is so great you said, God, you said that you, Father, will give us what we need in the time that we need it. So we call on you, Father. Help us, God, as the world crumbles around us, God. Help us to be an answer. Help us to bring the antidote, God. Help us to bring healing into those places, God. For you are the greater I am. And I thank you, dear God, that I have an ability, Father, to share what belongs to you with people, dear God, who know you. Help me, help me to know, Father, that you are doing an amazing work in the lives of your people, dear God, that I won't grow weary, that I won't grow weary, God. That you will help me, God, to stand firm and stand upright, God. And not to be self-righteous and thinking, dear God, that I have the ability to change anything. God, you are an amazing God, and you do things best all by yourself. Whatever you desire of me, dear God, I pray that I can position myself to be exactly who I need to be at the time you need me to be it. You're in control. I call you Lord. I call. You, Lord. Thank you for this amazing night with these amazing people, God. Cover us now, God. Keep us, Father. And I pray that you will minister to each and every one of us, God, as we find ourselves, God, trying to just find good rest in you, believing we will find good rest in you, knowing, God, that you who have begun this work, you're going to complete it. So we're grateful to be your children. Thank you for being our God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Bless you, family. Love you so much. We'll see you again on Saturday. And um, yeah, I'll stay on for a couple minutes. If anybody has anything else they want to share.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at KHOWWorshipLA. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.